people deluded i'm back again thank you very much for tuning back into another edition of the deluded podcast i hope you're all doing well and safe on this monday morning i say monday morning i'm well aware that i have subscribers and followers both of youtube and of this podcast abroad so like i said good morning good afternoon good evening good night depending on who you are wherever you are you know i'm sure a lot of you are waking up today with a spring in your step i know it's monday i know it's back to the grind but we're moving closer to premier league football returning you know if you don't know mondays and fridays are podcast days friday we'll review the upcoming premier league action you know arsenal are back in action with leeds i've been missing arsenal come the 90th minute regardless of that result i wonder if i'm going to be saying the same thing but yeah, man, there's still a lot of international football to be played. I'm sure you've all seen a bit of internationals. You know, England, obviously, we haven't qualified for the finals of the Nations League. We'll get on to that and other things in a minute. But first and foremost, people, I wanted to kick this off with something that's quite frankly peed me off, people. Now, we know journalism in this country is a joke. We know they lead witch hunts. We know when it comes to black footballers or ethnic minority footballers, it's even more of a joke, you know. I'm not going to name the the article and name and name the, the publication, but I'm sure you've all seen over the weekend, Marcus Rashford, you know, people are getting onto him or the media is trying to lead a witch hunt against him because he dares to spend his money and own five houses, you know. A man that is paid a lot of money as a professional footballer who has reinvested that into something that probably could set up his family, you know, housing his family. In today's society, we all know how hard it is to get on the housing ladder or providing an income for them or himself. At 23 years of age, I think that's an entrepreneur. He's within his rights to buy whatever the fuck he wants with his money and do whatever he wants with it, provided it's moral and he's not killing anyone or harming anyone, which I highly doubt Rashford is. So to see people and the cheek of it, this article, they, they got onto the fact of Rashford buying houses and also included the fact that he's campaigning for the homeless. What relevance does that have? Rashford donates a lot of his own personal wealth to charity. You all saw what he's doing. You know, he's done more for homeless people, homeless children, sorry, and people that can't necessarily afford the basics more than the, the people that actually are in charge of governing the land. So I can't help but be proud of Rashford. You know, a young black boy from Moss Side, you know, the, the odds are already stacked against you he's defeated that he's playing for one of the biggest clubs if not the biggest club give or take in the world in manchester united and he's not forgotten where he's come from so that's testament to rashford and the people around him it's effing ridiculous you know they build you up to kill you and it starts like this you know if you read the article you wouldn't think it's necessarily the harshest of headlines but it starts like this and then they lead a witch hunt and they always do it it reaffirms for me it firmly reaffirms what we're what we're told are oh, black players with money they should be they should be privileged that they're in this position they shouldn't display their wealth and they know exactly what they're doing at a time and age where sadly a lot of people are losing their jobs and having to watch their pennies further you're telling everyone that he's buying houses and things like that it's immoral journalism and i think until we forget the publications until we hold the actual journalists of these articles who publish these things to account or bombard their social medias they're not going to stop because these guys get to hide behind it i wasn't going to name it but daily mail you know well the publication is the daily mail what about the individual we've got to hold these people to account it's ridiculous you know because it starts like this then they're going to dig into rashford's um, personal life create lies and stuff as they're doing with mason greenwood you know i'm sure you've all seen the mason greenwood hate campaign after his mistake um with with folding for england you know greenwood has to hold his hands up he 
accepts it, you know. But why is it that he has to pay twice, three times over? Everything's whispered about Foden. Everything's whispered about Harry Maguire now, you know. John Terry, Wayne Rooney, Steven Gerrard all have been in incidences off the field during their playing days and neither were witch-hunted to the way Greenwood is. You know, for Greenwood, as I said in a previous pod, the only benefit of this, you know, from a young age, like Rashford probably already knows and Sterling already knows, they don't give a fuck about you. They'll, pardon my language again, they'll big you up, they'll hype you up, but they don't care about you. They don't care. The same rope you climb up on, the same rope they'll hang you with. And that's what they're doing with Greenwood. You know, they always if a man's actually late for training, he needs to fix up. But they're always running the same old late stories. The same old question is commitment. Uh, apparently, top Man United executives have said they fear he's going to go the same way as Ravel Morrison, another person who's witch-hunted. Who, what, journal, what, what person did you speak to? And why are you doing this? It's a 19-year-old lad. You know what? Until until these things change, you can't. Nothing. Nothing's gonna get better. People, it's absolutely ridiculous. And Sterling's felt guilty of this. You know, Greenwood's felt guilty of this. Rashford, and there'll be many more until we start holding the uh, the, the journalists who publish these articles to account because they're destroying lives and they get to hide behind it because nine nine times out of ten nobody's checking. You know, off the top of my head, I can tell you the article. I can't tell you Joe Bloggs wrote it. And until we 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 clamp down on this immoral, what I call immoral journalism and lazy journalism and witch hunting, nothing is going to change. I also feel not much is going to change until the very people being interviewed or being written stories of the Rashford Greenwoods have people that reflect them in the, in, in, in the media and writing these articles and doing these interviews because they're the only ones that will understand him. You know, it's, it's really, it's, 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 it's upsetting because I keep seeing middle class posh dons who don't have a clue of what they're writing about or what they're doing subconsciously keep reading reaffirming the fact of this young black these young black guys should be grateful for being in this position which they are they shouldn't spend their money they shouldn't help people you know marcus rashford everyone loves it now but initially what was it shut up and focus on football the same was said for raheem sterling I, I praise these young black lads in particular everybody's doing stuff but these young black lads in particular because they're fearless they're fearless they, they, don't, they don't care what this media is saying they're still going to do what they want to do they're still going to wear what they want they're still going to hack to their, how they act because they know deep down the culture understands them, you know, whenever they buy jewellery, we're told they should focus on football, we're told they, they, you know, they're not humble, ridiculous, like you can't have many sides to your personality, like you can't enjoy nice things, it's an absolute joke, it's an absolute joke, you know, and the Mason Greenwood hate campaign isn't going to stop, the only thing he can do is focus on his football and not look at it, it's sad, and I feel it for his family, because, you know, his mum and dad, I guarantee you, Greenwood might be able to air it, but they're probably continuously looking on Google, his mother probably is, hold your head high, man, you know, young black kings, man, moving away from that nonsense and that foolishness, man, and, and one day I hope this this crap stops, but moving away from that, listen, there's too much international football to really speak on, I've watched a bit of Brazil, I've obviously watched Spain, um, who else have I watched, I've watched France lose to Finland, and then I've watched them beat Portugal, um, you know, there's been a couple of games I've watched. Obviously, the England and, you know, we did all right against a Republic of Ireland. Shout out to Bakayo Saka. He got 90 in that game, won a penalty and whatnot. He was one of the best players on the field when he came off the bench against Belgium. You know, shout out to Grealish. Had a bit of a so-so first half along with everyone, but he's shown what he's on. And another day he scores and Grealish's stock rises with every game, you know. But I, I, I have to speak about Southgate and I'm bored of speaking about Southgate, people. It's getting boring, you know. When I say Gareth Southgate, you already know what to expect. Lacking ideas, lacking creativity and extremely negative. 
those were the themes yesterday and as good as Belgium are as a team we you know we were very slow there weren't really much movement set piece ideas weren't working you know I'm seeing Kyle Walker and Trippier try to be the creative man I'm not blaming them because someone has to but from your one of your center halves in a back three and your right back is your right backs running in behind which your defense your striker should be doing and your center half's trying to be a playmaker it's boring you know I don't mind Henderson Rice Mount and these guys in isolation well not Mount but there are you know you could have moved Mount inside and then put on a Sanjo or something because you put you put uh, Mount on the left I mean Mount on the right Grealish on the left you know fair play there's nothing wrong with Grealish there Mount can play on the right but it's too negative you've gone three at the back you've got Henderson and Rice you know what player is going to unlock it you've got Grealish on the left and I don't mind him but he needs somebody else to connect with which why I thought you know second half Mount would have probably moved in there slightly people because he it, it was it's lacking creativity everything I'm claiming about Arsenal really at the moment minus actually being good defensively Arsenal have over England they were poor you know it wasn't the best of 50th caps from Harry Kane I'm sure he would have wanted to win that with end it with a victory and 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 whatnot but, I mean, so it's more questions on Southgate, people. It's really more questions on Southgate. Big up Mertens for that free kick because that was a lovely set piece. You know, give him credit on that one. You know, the two Arsenal... Um, England have conceded two goals from outside the box in a game for the first time since June 2017 when Scotland netted two from range against them. Um, no player created more chances for England than Bakayo Saka with three. You know, good performance from the 19-year-old off the bench. Chilwell is injured in... You know, we'll get on to the injury business in a second, in fact. Um, you know, we don't have players that really create. We don't have players that want to take people on. We haven't got them in abundance. And we shouldn't be saying that when we actually do. We, I know Raheem Sterling didn't play because he's, he's out the squad at the moment. Um, we've got the most exciting crop of players and we've got the most negative manager. We shouldn't be saying there's nobody that's trying to pick um, um, pick apart defences. There's no one for Kane and Grealish to continuously link up with. We've got creativity in abundance. I'm not re I'm, I don't hate Mason Mount. I, and I think people getting onto him off the base, basis of yesterday, they're, they're, there's no need. But you've got Mount. For me, you've got Grealish. You've got Foden. You've got Sanjo. Why are we playing? Why are we talking about a lack of movement? Slow build-up. No creativity. Lacking eye. We shouldn't be speaking about this. And as an international manager, you have less time. So you should be implementing things quicker. And I think we're already seeing... On one hand, I don't think he's implemented anything. And he's just been too safe. On the other hand, I think he's shown what he is. Negative, conservative. And I think this has been shown from the last World Cup. We were so... We didn't really question Mark Southgate because, to be fair, he was a good, you know, he pulled the squad together, you know, Kane and that. We was chugging through games, you know, the euphoria of watching the country, the whole football coming home business as well. We were gassed, but it's appalling people. And until, uh, until we have a manager who reflects the excitement of the players, it isn't going to change people. It isn't going to change, you know. It really isn't going to change. I'd rather Harry Redknapp than Southgate. I'm not saying Harry Redknapp should get the job, but I think Harry Redknapp would, would get us playing better football. This is a joke. And for me, it kind of re reaffirms what I mean. And anytime we play a half-decent side, we struggle. Yeah, we beat Belgium recently as well, but we struggle sort of thing. And going into the Euros, again, you know, player form is one thing, but collectively it is quite concerning because to a degree, you know, your form gets you into the England squad, but it's irrelevant at international level because you've got to gel with new te teammates and things. So when I look at performances in isolation, when I look at how players are playing so far going into the Euros, of course I'm confident. You've got Kane and Grealish, for example, off the top of my head, Saka as well, excelling, Calvert-Lewin. But international level, it's all irrelevant sort of thing. Um, 
when you get to that level. It's all on your manager, you know. You have to have a clear way of playing. And I just think when you've got Rice and Henderson who do the same job, when you've got a back three, when you've got no creators in there, you know, Kane obviously is going to drop deep, but he's going to drop into more needless positions to seek the ball and try link up with Grealish. Is it any coincidence? Kane and Grealish were playing all right anyways. But they started playing even better when they had Bakayo Saka consistently going down there. Not that Chilwell was playing any worse. You know, the most take-ons for England against Belgium, you've got Grealish with four and Harry Kane with five, you know. Good bit of trickery from Grealish for one. One, I'm sure you all saw that back heel touch and, and control. Fantastic player Grealish is, man. Fantastic. The rest of the England squad just managed three combined people. So excluding those two players, you know, nobody else was taking man on or anything like that. Um... Which is crazy, people. Obviously, this was England's 10th defeat in 48 games under Gareth Southgate, making him the first manager to lose 10 games with the three Lions since Spenjon Eriksson, who lost 10 of his 67 games in charge. So again, you know, it's a bit mad. You'd imagine Southgate, sadly, to clock up more defeats. We'll have to see. England with that, I keep saying Arsenal. England have lost back-to-back -back competitive fixtures for the first time since losing three in a row from July to September 2018, a run that also included a, a defeat to Belgium. Shout out to Telemans for his goal as well. Um, Gareth Southgate, at least he said something, right? And it seems that he's eating humble pie in relation to Jack Grealish. He said, I thought Grealish had an absolutely outstanding game. I saw what I knew I would see from Jack, someone with bravery to play. He took the ball in tight areas. His technique was good. He took players out the game. We knew he would buy a lot of free kicks. I thought he was outstanding. He he should be absolutely delighted with the way he played. Has he climbed the pecking order? A hundred percent. And, you know, that's the only thing. You've got to impress the manager. And he's given Southgate has no reason to keep him out. Whether you're going to play him in a cam, whether you're going to play him on the flanks. For me, I would like to see a bit of minerals. I know it's a bit imbalanced and incredibly imbalanced. But for me, I would personally like to see Phil Foden, one of Declan Rice or Henderson as that mature enforcer. And then you put Grealish in the 10. I'm not I'm not against Grealish playing on the left, but that's purely because I like Grealish centrally. I like his ability to draw fouls. He'll pick up the ball from deep and we lack creators. And I think with Foden, he'll allow him to he'll link up quite well. Obviously, the only thing is Henderson's the only sort of player like that. But for me, that frees up the flanks. You know, you go with a Raheem Sterling and a Jaden Sanjo and came through the middle or something like that. Or for me, you know, I don't. I would like Grealish in, in central midfield. If you're gonna go with Rice and, and Henderson, at least put Mount or Grealish or, or someone who can or Foden at the base and then free up the ten positions. You know, because he's he's putting Mason Mount. I guarantee he's putting Mason on on the right flank purely because of the fact that he runs up and down and he's got an engine. You know, he, I know he can play there for Chelsea. I know he has played there for Derby, but clearly Mount is better centrally and. Mount yesterday, he even him, he could be used in in the mid in the central midfield role, sort of in that in that ten. You know, we've got creative players, we've got players that want to come onto the ball. We don't have, you know, we we have got a couple men that are just passion and blood and guts and flying in, but the vast majority of that squad can play football, so en enable them too. You know, even not doing that, and again, it comes down to Gareth Southgate. Um, so humble pie on Jack Grealish. You know, good to see. Shout out to Telemans, you know, ironically, he scored in a stadium owned by his his boss, essentially, you know, the owners of, of Leicester City owned the stadium they played in yesterday in England and Belgium. Um, with that, Telemans has scored three goals in his last five appearances for club and country. That's as many as he had in his past 46. So Telemans having a good season anyways, and he's adding more to his game. And I'm sure he's happy with his performance, people. Um, 
yeah, shout out to Jude Bellingham for making his debut over the course of this international break as well. Personally, I think this game, that game highlighted as well why you probably, for me, why you need Calvin Phillips. You know, Rice and Henderson, I want them both in the team, but I think at least when you got Phillips in there, Phillips can pass the ball, you know. I'm not saying Henderson's got a passing range and, and Rice's, but they're not the guys that are going to do the silky stuff. They're the guys that are more team players, more, you know, all-rounders, not exactly specialists at anything. And I think you've got to get Calvin Phillips in the squad people and that's why I wasn't vexed when he was called up and not a lot of hysteria was called up was caused when he was called up while technically being in the championship but I get it obviously as well other he other headlines as well I think North Macedonia qualified for the Euros as did Hungary um you know I think Ronaldo moved further higher up Portuguese history books as well um especially after not after losing to France but beating Andorra I'm sure you all saw Sergio Ramos miss two penalties for Spain and, and actually Busquets is now injured so it reaffirms you know players injuries and, and a byproduct of a poor preseason and a heavy fixture list and pointless um, pointless internationals beyond qualifiers um sort of thing which we'll get onto in fact at this moment we'll get onto because I'm sure you've all seen if you're a Liverpool fan you're stressed over the course of the international period you know Joe Joe Gomez is now injured Trent Alexander-Arnold was obviously injured prior. Henderson, Jordan Henderson, came off at half-time um, in the England game, if I can remember correctly, with a muscle sort of problem. No specifics around that. Oxlade-Chamberlain, grass is green, he's injured. Mohamed Salah, sadly, has displayed mild COVID-19 symptoms, um, as was confirmed by Egypt's team doctor. Um, and he will obviously sit out the period. And you've got Fabinho with Thiago injured as well. And I'm all sure you've seen for Scotland, um, Robertson has a hamstring knock. And again, these guys, you know, it all depends on it. But it's a mixture of things. For me, first and foremost, I will say it would be the most incredible title defence I've seen in a recent while and it would be more impressive if Liverpool win it this season than last for me personally because at this moment in time Klopp's got it all to do you know bare injuries the whole back four is injured now you know obviously some man might come back but the whole back four all your plans have gone out the window a lot of people and rightly so you know Mohamed Salah, Firmino, Mane you know, all, even Henderson at points, all these attacking, Ronaldo, all these midfielders and whatnot, of course, they make the headlines. When you look back in Premier League years, these are the players you're going to see. But people underestimate defence, you know, how that, that defence with Alisson and, and Van Dijk clearly upgrades on their two previous men in their positions. But, you know, defence wins you titles. Their contribution was cannot be underestimated, in my, in my humble opinion. And just look at how, if you was to look on like a period period sort of table sort of thing where you know when Klopp first took over to now and the evolution of the team excluding obviously getting rid of players and whatnot they were a bit they're not as heavy metal you know they, they've in the last 18 months two years especially when they won the Champions League they, their game management's improved their defensive outlook's improved it's almost at a point they were very good side on the clock but it was you know we're gonna press 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 attack 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 there's nothing else to it now he's found balance in that regards um so, you know, so to lose their defenders, it's a madness. Obviously, Trent and Robertson, I'm focusing on defending, but in the modern game, your fullbacks need to go forward. And when you look at Liverpool's system, you know, Trent and Robertson, they're the two assist kings in that squad and they're the two creative men. So how much are Salah and Mane going to suffer and whatnot? And it would also, so it would be more impressive if they retain these people. I think Liverpool have 18 injuries. Um, City have 16 people. So it's quite crazy. They're the two teams you'd expect to make up 
the title race. So it's quite sad. So it'll be impressive for me. Obviously, it begs the question, are Liverpool going to move in the sum in, in January? I think they have to bring in a centre-half, man. I think, again, I've always said Liverpool's next quest for Klopp, and I said that you lot can quote me as well, is to add quality depth. Because outside of that starting eleven, there isn't too much quality depth. And, you know, there's a significant drop-off when players are rotated. And you can obviously see the golf in quality when players are injured. You know, I don't know much on their Greek left-back, you know, but he's got an opportunity if Robertson is out for a long period of time to show Jurgen Klopp that you could utilize him in some capacity obviously right backs you've got people who can claim it you've got Phillips and I really like Reese Williams the young 19 year old center half and I'm sure there's a bag of other options Liverpool could explore so there's opportunities for, for squad players to step up to be counted but I think it highlights why you need depth I think they should have sold Lovren but you know they didn't replace a body so you can see that center half you know I don't rate Mignolet, Carrius, uh, who else? Adrian, there might even be one more. There's been bare crap keepers at Liverpool, you know. And I'm not saying you need two bad boy keepers, but if Alisson gets injured again, like you've seen previously this season, there's a significant drop-off, you know. Adrian shouldn't be wearing a Liverpool shirt. And I think it's highlighted the depth, you know. You've brought in Yota, and already there's pressure on Firmino and he can be used with Firmino. So I think the next step for Liverpool was always depth. And I think this is highlighted. And I think if you're the owners and things, of course... If you don't necessarily have a memorable season, you know, I don't think owners of football clubs are as intent on, you know, building as much as fans are. You know, I don't think they're, you know, they more look at it from a business. And I think if you're Liverpool owners, they probably look at it as, OK, cool, we've had an extraordinary three years. We've won a league title. You know, we've been to two Champions League finals, winning one. You know, we've obviously reinvested money. So if we don't win the, the Premier League or do anything of significance, it is what it is. But at the same time, you must, they have to be looking at it and thinking, yo, what happened if I invested? What would have happened if we, you know, yeah, we brought in Yotta and things, but and Thiago, but what would have happened if we brought in another striker, if we actually got Werner, if we actually brought in another centre-half, if we did whatever Liverpool, a goalkeeper, a good number two, you know, and whatever ever other areas Liverpool fans reckon they need, you know, the signings of Yotta and Thiago are great, especially for the price tags, absolute steal. You know, Thiago especially, Yotta especially because of recent form, pardon me, Thiago because he's a baller. And I think these games highlight it. When you're looking at the injuries all over, you know, uh, fair enough, he didn't get injured on international duty, but Partey pulled up for Arsenal. You had Nathan Ake um, injured five minutes into Holland's 1-1 draw with Spain earlier last week. Um, obviously, um, Busquets of Barcelona, Raheem Sterling, Ben Chilwell, Henderson, Robertson, um, Gomez, you know, um, you know, the list isn't going to stop. I'm sure I've missed out a lot of names. The injuries are going to keep happening. There's actually a, a significant amount of football to be played this week, even in the international period. So let's just say you've played, you've played for England against Ireland. You've played against Belgium. Forgive me if I'm wrong. I actually don't know if we've got a game this week. I don't think we do. But let's just say England have a game this week. And then you're obviously off back to back to football, back to your football club where you've got fixtures on Saturday, Sunday and whatever, you know. Are we really surprised there's a lot of injuries? And I think the, the, the football associations and governing bodies and stuff, they, it reiterates what I talk about when I say football is a guinea pigs. This is why I don't care when they get paid a lot and things. 
because if you look at it, you know, they really shouldn't, unless it's a, it's a qualifier, we really shouldn't be playing these friendlies and stuff. You know, we're talking about people contracting COVID and, and all of these sort of things. So why are we having everybody flying all over the place and, and interacting with all sorts of people for one? Obviously, we should be having five substitutes. If you're not going to give the, the the clubs or, or football players the luxury of having five subs or the managers five subs, space out the fixtures. You know, fixtures are coming thick and fast in the league and the, and of domestically and in Europe and you've got these internationals. Are we really surprised that a lot of these injuries are muscular, are hamstrings, are thighs and all of these sort of things? You know, you look at Liverpool, as much, you know, it's part and, part, part and parcel injuries are, are supposed to happen in football. It's an occupational hazard definitely in liverpool's case they've had less than many teams but you have to sympathize with them because they're not being helped you know they're not being no club is being helped at all and it is quite ridiculous in that regards people so i, I don't i think injuries are, are, here, are here more to stay are here to stay i think you're going to see some players they might not get injured i don't want no one to get injured so touch wood but you're going to see some players they're not they're, they're going to come through these international periods unscathed they're going to play for their teams and in the first half or in the 80th they're going to pull up and their managers are going to tell the fans they're out of, of, of football for up to six weeks and them thing there so we'll have to see like i said liverpool have 18 injuries double digits people since the start since the start of the season manchester city 16 i saw it in a sky sports article so you know if they're was and get onto them it's quite ridiculous, man. Stuff needs, they need to, like I said, they need to be protected. And are they going to be protected? I'm not too sure. Um, I'm not too sure if I said it as well, but North Macedonia, I believe, qualified for the Euros, as did Hungary, um, which is obviously fantastic for these nations. They might not win it, but it is what it is. And obviously, big up Shabozlai. Now, on a rather serious note, people, and again, I urge everybody not to speculate because we need to, especially on a subject as sensitive as I'm about to say, we need to wait for the facts to emerge. But I'm sure you all saw on Friday, I believe, going into the weekend, um, the Sports Mail, the Daily Mail, they released an article where they said a Premier League footballer has been arrested on suspicion of false imprisonment and rape. Sports Mail is aware of the player's identity, but is unable to reveal it for legal reasons. The incident is alleged to have taken place at his home last month. The player was arrested there on Wednesday morning before being released as the police investigation continues. Police issued a statement to Sports Mail on Thursday confirming the age of the suspect who is in his 20s. It is said officers had executed a warrant at the address and arrested a man of suspicion of suspicion of rape sorry and false imprisonment the statement added he has been released until investigation pending further inquiries the footballer and a woman who was present at the property when police arrested him were also fined by officers for breaking covid19 regulations so first and foremost i will say let's not speculate let's not do this thing where you're going to look at all of these players you know who are in their early 20s or in their 20s and think of it because it could be early it could be mid Secondly, we need to wait for all facts to emerge. You know, a sensitive topic like that, we don't even know the name. Like I saw on social media, Greenwood's name was trending to this. And I think it's absolutely disgraceful fans are doing that um, to a young man or people are speculating, especially something like this, where you've got, you know, you've, it's a very touchy subject. And you've also got a young, I'd assume a young woman or a young lady involved where if this has happened, she's sadly... You know, I I don't even know how to articulate it. It's just effing disgusting if somebody did rape a lady. You know, you've ro you've robbed her of 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 her really. You know, and the the physical ordeal might be over, but the mental scars will be there for life. Do I really need to sit and talk to my 
subscribers and my podcast listeners as to why this is nasty and 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 if he has done this you know you know i i can't even talk about it too tough but prison you know bailing him you know fines you know community orders whatever they're going to give him which they typically you know rapists and and kiddie fiddlers and these things they get slapped on the wrist in this country maybe they're being protected by the same people in suits but you know, if he has done this, there's only some. The only thing that should happen to him is jungle justice, and I hope he, he it won't happen. But I hope he loses his his status at the club and all of the, these things. It does raise in question the identity of of cause, and it does raise it does raise the question of is this player currently still playing with this in mind, or has he been frozen out? You know, because if they're still playing and they're found guilty and whatnot, you know, the club have to be briefed on this, whatever club. So if a club does is knowledgeable of this and they kept playing him, you have to question the club's integrity and the message they're sending out, especially to their female supporters. You know, if he has been frozen out and we haven't necessarily found out why, it is well, it, 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 um, we can tell, we can kind of put two and two together. You know, if he is innocent and, and all of this sort of thing, then I hope he gets justice. If he's not, I hope the book is thrown at him and what needs to happen to him needs to happen to him. Hopefully when he's on the wing, if he is guilty, the prisoners do what they need to do when um what they should do when people like this these wrongers commit these things false imprisonment as well i'm focusing on the other sad part but false imprisonment you know you're not letting people out of their house you're kind of holding people hostage and if you are a footballer i know when you've got a lot of money you feel a lot of power but if you are you'd imagine you don't need to be doing that really and truly whoever it is you know they're about to get caught up in a in a ish storm to put it nicely so again we will not speculate on that until things are become clear and whatnot you know why the sports mail if they're not going to say the identity would come and, and release this statement and increase speculation over a number of players is ridiculous you know obviously sadly Callum Hudson Adoy had his thing a lot of people were looking to that and as I said Greenwood and you know this is a very serious thing you can't just go around pointing it at people and accusing people of such and, and speculating you know and again I keep focusing on the footballer but this is a young woman I'd assume Again, because reading it, it actually, well, it did say a woman. Um, Apologies. You know, this is a young woman's life and, and, you know, laundry out there. And you have to be very sensitive when somebody, because somebody's living, this is someone's reality. Same way I'm talking on this podcast, somebody's sadly having to recount the incidences that they're going through. And, you know, I've, it really annoys me, but I can only imagine the amount of time she's had to sit in a room and, and tell everybody the same old story and what's happened to her and replay it in her head. So I really hope she gets the help she needs. Like I said, if this footballer is found guilty and has actually done it and it's not just a, a, a dirty story that the sports male have fabricated, the book should be thrown at them. Playing football ever again is the least of my concerns because if it was me, you'd put a bag, bag for anyone that does this really. And these things, you know, kiddie fiddlers, you know, rapists, all of these sort of things, you tie them up, you get a bag of tyres and I think you know what the rest, if you don't know what jungle justice is, type it in on Google because the, the world doesn't need wrongings like this. There's, this. there's no rehabilitation for men that do things like this. You have two options. You exterminate them off this earth, people, or for what I would do because death is too easy, you put them in some... Man Manual camp, you know, you tie them up to their, you know, like you see used to see in the cartoons. You put a brick, you put a, you put a brick, and you give them a hammer, and you tie up their leg. You make them continuously just mash up the brick and mash up the brick with a hammer until their back aches, and then they still gotta do it. You just, you make them beg you to die. You know, they make, they, they, you make them every day they're hoping to die, cause that's what they should feel. Anybody that does foolishness like this, you know, disgusting. You're not, a, you're not a sane human being. You're a piece of shit. 
you know so again i don't want to focus on this too much because it's, it's effing disgusting but like i said hopefully the truth comes to light and hopefully you know the woman that's part of this you know some i won't go as far as to say she can be healed um and freed from the shackles of this sad ordeal but i hope she can find some peace i hope she can do whatever she needs to do to get her life together you know and i will say you know do not blame yourself do not think that you caused this you know i always i always see some comments on social media especially when stuff like this happens talking about a lady's sense of dress and the rest of it like that has any relevance it's effing disgusting man but i don't want to focus on that man because it's quite sad man anyways people moving on from that though apparently moving forward um the prem i'm sure you all saw over the weekend the premier the premier league has scrapped their stupid 1495 nonsense people the premier league has scrapped its pay-per-view method for matches until at least a new year and some fixtures will now be shown on the bbc the premier league said all remaining games in november and over the christmas and new year period will be shown on existing broadcast services the 1495 as you lot know the 14 pounds 95 pay-per-view fee was introduced in october and as you lot know we went mad as fans and we'd rather don't we, we we went quite ham for charities and donating the 1495 there and we made sure we did streams suddenly they don't need to charge us 1495 they you know this is a small victory for fans people and whatever club you support the club the club told only leicester fans the club actually could you could say care about you because when the chips were up only one club voted against this every other nine all the other 19 members of the team of the of the premier league members of the premier league including arsenal my team voted against it i mean voted for it so that tells you everything you know they don't care about fans they don't none of these premier league clubs give a crap about fans and give a crap about players they just care about themselves it's like society you know these politicians will tell us they care they just care about their families and their own little echo chamber and and this and and that preserving the life of the few as these guys you know you always get onto managers and, and and players and whatnot you know many people don't get onto owners of football clubs when they're doing dumb stuff because they don't know what they look like it's the same thing i was kind of saying earlier with the journalists when the journalists are writing these articles you know we're going for the organization you're not going for the individual because you're not necessarily nobody's reading the fine print where it says buy joe blogs or whatever you know anyways it's lovely to hear that this has happened people and now the premier league is obviously reverted to the model it used in september in which all 28 premier league games were shown live with all broadcast partners if you don't know who they are the bts the amazon primes obviously the bbc sky sports and so on people um you know um you know, it's also been announced a broadcast election for the rest of this month with the competition resuming after the international break, people. So we're going to have to see. Um, they've obviously released the games as well. And they've obviously said there is a full schedule of Premier League games over the festive period and clubs are committed to an accessible solution for fans, said the Premier League in a statement. These plans have been made with cooperation of our broadcast partners working with us to deliver these additional matches while stadiums are missing the supporters who are such an integral part of the game so if we're so integral integral why over this whole period you've tried to flee so she tried to zang people for season tickets tried to zang people for this 1495 you know you've you've you, you the premier league football club society football society you've told fans we are nothing we don't care you care about our money you don't care about nothing else don't give up don't don't take us for idiots 
The agreement will be reviewed in the new year following consultation with clubs, broadcast partners and in line with any decisions made by the government regarding the return of spectators to stadiums. Spectators obviously have been unable to, um, to, to attend Premier League matches since football was halted on the 13th of March because of the coronavirus pandemic, people. So a small win for fans. A small, small win. Moving away from that, though, and apparently Pep Guardiola is reportedly moving closer to signing a new contract extension with Manchester City. As you guys know, Pep Guardiola's current deal at City is set to expire at the end of June next year. But as has been reported by The Telegraph, it is now looking likely that he'll remain at the Etihad. Although City have yet to announce an agreement with Guardiola regarding the extension, those close to the 49-year-old have reportedly indicated that he'll stay at the club. Now, I do think there's a reality he signs a new deal and could still leave. But obviously, that is of benefits to Manchester City players and, and the fan base. Because, you know, Kevin De Bruyne is getting on a bit. You know, he's talked of signing a new deal. Why would you sign a new deal for this significant part of your period if, you know, your club's falling off a bit by your own standards and your manager's leaving? So there's a bit of uncertainty you know, and the same goes for someone like Raheem Sterling in in talks with New Deal. So, you know, your manager staying kind of tells your key players, OK, cool. Nothing's changing too tough. The landscape is still going to be here. Let's do our thing. You know, for Guardiola, if he does stay, he's got to put respect back on his name. You know, and within the next period, he signs this deal. He's got to bully it. You know, he's got to re re regain the Premier League. You know, he was blown out the water by 20 points. He's got to give more credibility in the Champions League. He's overcomplicated things. So within this period, this is the most important period in his managerial career. Not in the sense of he'll still be rated. It's Pep Guardiola. You can't take away what he's done. But it will be the longest tenure. It is the longest period he's been as a manager at any club, in my opinion. Um, um, if, if I'm not mistaken, sorry. Um. And also, you know, his his rep has taken a beating, you know, man, you know, when you talk about, I never like to hear the checkbook manager and all of these things, but they're all valid based on last season because he's been allowed the luxury of buying people like Angelino and Cancelo. Cancelo's come into form, but it's been a bit mixed, you know, he hasn't really, he hasn't done anything of significance in Europe since he obviously left Barca. Of course, he's dominated the Premier League and the Bundesliga, but he needs to put respect on his name if he's going to stay for a longer period. You know, his 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 reputation is at an all-time low by Pep Guardiola's own standards, and there's a lot of question mark. So is he going to hit back? And we also know he's a big fan of, of rest periods. So is Klopp. So I'm all, in the same way, I'm keen to see how long Klopp is going to stay at Liverpool. How long is Pep Guardiola? You know, at 49, he's still extremely young as a manager, so it would tie him down at Man City. It would further give them confidence. You know, City are trying to create legacies and dynasties. They've got a monopoly of clubs. They're trying to win the Champions League. You know, they're, they're expected to challenge for the Premier League. So, yeah, man, the Premier League, it's good to see Pep Guardiola staying in the Premier League. It might not be good news for us as Arsenal fans, but it is what it is, man. Moving away from that, I'm sure you've all seen Derby's manager, Philip Koku, has been sacked. Why is that of relevance to the deluded podcast? Because I like football at all levels. But it's relevant because of, until a new manager takes over, former Manchester United striker and Everton striker, Wayne Rooney will be the senior figure in the new interim coaching setup at Derby. Um, you know, he's currently Derby's captain. He's expected to lead training and team selection with the support from coaches Liam Rosinar, Shea Given and Justin Walker. And I mean, that's quite the coaching setup. You know, Liam's Rosinar, very qualified um, guy. You hear how he speaks and how he coaches. Shea Given, been around the block. Justin Walker, certified as well. And it is Wayne Rooney's first steps into management. And it's, I'm keen to see what happens. You know, you've got Lampard and Gerrard. 
give or take it must be a case of when not if john terry apologies people screen time notification um john terry as i was saying either becomes aston villa gaffer when dean smith calls it a day or ventures out in his own right people you know and the same is said for rooney it was always going to happen with ray rooney i think ses fabregas jabby, jabby alonso um and who is it jack wilshire will be managers as well but you know this is wayne rooney's first steps as a manager and i'm sure not before too long there'll be inevitable speculation one day about should wayne rooney take the manchester united job based on how Oli gola done you know i would say it wouldn't make sense but who knows man um, apparently, Javier Mascarano has retired from football people. I'm sure you've all saw what he used to do at Barcelona, West Ham, Liverpool as well. He had a good career. Apparently, he's the most capped player for the Argentinian national team with 147 appearances. You know, happy retirement, Mascarano. He's one of my favourite players because, you know, he wasn't the tallest. He was very much, he was on the physical stuff and he showed he could play centre-half as well as in defensive mid so you know happy retirement i know it's not happy it must be always be a sad day as a professional footballer when you have to call it a day but it is what it is we all got one day time catches up with everybody so happy retirement sadly you know for paul pogba i never like to see somebody down in the dumps and can't catch a break and you know he's had a mixed time away from away from manchester united with france you know against finland they were poor you know in the other game they were decent um, you know, he's spoken himself and I know his manager of both clubs have spoken, you know, players have spoken about Paul Pogba, him, the man himself. He said he's currently going through the most difficult spell of his career due to concerns over his playing time at Manchester United. Apparently in an interview, he said, and this is just the, sh the, the short of it, go and look at the long of it. He said, I'd never known such a difficult period in my career. And considering he's 27, 28, that's quite harsh. The France team is a breath of fresh air. The group is exceptional. It's magic. So, again, I think people will look at that and say he, he thinks United's toxic. But I see that as I'm in a toxic environment at United in that collectively we're not playing well. There's question marks over the manager. Whether I'm playing or not, there's a lot of question marks. And there's my contract stuff and I'm not playing. I've had injuries. I've made mistakes on the football field like the penalty against Arsenal. You know, United's irrelevant for a week or so. Let me go to France where, you know, I'm with my people, them. You know, we can focus on international football. I'm going to get more game time. You know, against Finland, the same problems were there and he was quite poor. But I'm sure he played against Portugal and he was quite decent. You know, Kante was speaking very highly of him as well, people. Um, so I understand that he said... Um, yeah, man, as you lot know, Deschamps spoke and said he's in a situation with his club where he can't be happy, neither with his playing time or the position he's playing. Um, so we'll have to see, man. Um, we'll really have to see, man. We'll really have to see. I hope Pogba gets it back, man, because it's never nice to see someone down in the dumps. He's got the ability. Maybe leaving is best for United and him, which I think it isn't, because I think if it all's right and just if it was just based on football, you know, there's never a world where selling Pogba makes sense. But in terms of the, in terms of the stories... In terms of the storylines and the headlines, it might be best if both divorce sort of thing. Um, to which it, I'm not going to say either team would benefit because there's unfinished business from Pogba. United are weaker without Paul Pogba's quality. But you'd imagine something has to give people. On that note, though, there isn't much to speak about, really. Even I was going to speak about transfers. There isn't much to speak about transfers. The only one of, of interest is David Ornstein says Liverpool will not move in January for a centre-half. Apparently, Sergio Ramos could join PSG or Manchester City, who will offer him pre-contracts. Um, Real Madrid are only prepared to offer him a one-year deal, and they want him and Lionel Messi. Um, 
So, yeah, man, we'll have to see. And Mustafi's been linked with Barcelona. Whether that's true or not, we'll see. I mean, Mustafi can count his chickens. And, you know, by all means, Barcelona, please come and get him. But on that note, people, I've got nothing more to add. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, please make sure you hit the follow button. Please make sure you're subscribed to all my stuff across YouTube. I've introduced a new membership page as well. We've got some memberships, so there's even more exclusive content. There's three different levels of membership, bronze, silver, and gold. So according to what you you seek from a content creator like myself, there's something for everyone. So I'd implore you to check that. Again, you know, I'm always doing live streams and whatnot on my YouTube channel. So make sure you're... you're consistently looking on my youtube channel there's content all the time there's all different sorts of content you know i apologize for not bringing out the deluded podcast last friday i just had effort to talk about and i don't like to force it people i like to do my podcast a bit different i try to make it arsenal less centric i like to talk about football more generally so i feel i could do that on this monday so i'll be back again on friday obviously as we preview the premier league and any other talking points that happen from now to friday but for now, you know, it's been a fantastic 40-odd minutes, but I'm going to get out of it. People, DG, I'm out.